Welcome to a Problem Squared, or APS, the podcast. And APS is a bit like the alphabet, in that it's in alphabetical order. I'm joined, as always, by Beck Hill. And Hill is a bit like the alphabet, in that it's in alphabetical order. And I, Matt Parker, am a bit like the alphabet, in that I'm systematic predictable, and follow arbitrary patterns of my own choosing. (laughs) (laughs) Yep, that's what they say about you. (laughs) I was so pleased to realize Hill was in alphabetical order. Yeah. That I was like, I can't not use this. And then I just didn't really, didn't finish writing anything for me. Um, (laughs) And Hill's also close together in the alphabet. You've just got JK. Yeah, whenever I'm like doing it and I'm like H-I and I'm like, ah. Uh, here L-L. comes that L, yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, it's, it's good. I don't. Yeah. Matt Parker is like the alphabet in that there's letters in it. <laughs> I'm about to say it uses letters when numbers would probably do. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, no longer has an ampersand. Wait, what? Well, then the alphabet used to, ampersand used to be in the alphabet. Yeah, but you said no longer. Did Matt Parker have an ampersand in it? I used to use an ampersand. Matt and P- Parker and Co. No, you're right. It, it, yeah. Matt Still, and I, Parker. Yeah. 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 I used, to, I used to spell Parker with an ampersand. P and Kerr. Did you really? No, I did not. Uh, did not. I wouldn't put it That would be amazing. Uh, but I've just remembered um, we should be doing a podcast. Oh, yeah. Sorry, guys. Sorry, and sorry, everyone. On this episode. I'll be looking at uses for radiotherapy masks. I've analysed the optimal way to use postcodes in Scrabble. And we've got the results for our listener survey. Oh, we're so excited. In any other business. It's going to be good any other business this time. So much any other business. And you should listen. (laughs) Beck, the reviews are in. We got reviews. We got more reviews. We should compliment the people who are taking the time to give us lovely reviews. Yeah, no, no. Amazing. We got three more reviews. They've all been five stars. They've all been five stars. Chaz Monstrous Energy. Thank you, Chaz Thanks, Monstrous Chaz. Energy. Emmy. It says, overall, a great podcast. They didn't say sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's true. That's true. They said, overall, yeah. a good podcast, complimenting Matt's YouTube stuff. Oh, you didn't mention me, but that's fine. I'll take it. I will, I will take all yeah. of them. We've got Mon Recurrent, or maybe Recurrent. Recurrent. It's probably that. It is definitely that. I'm sorry, Mon. Uh, brilliant podcast. Five stars. Equal parts entertaining and informative. A buffet of maths rolled up in comedy with sprinkling of cheerful banter. Wow. Oh, my goodness. That they is they the... should write our intros. Yeah, they should, actually. That was better than what I managed to call. Yeah, a lot more. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah. Wow. And someone here says they've been a long-time listener, first-time reviewer. Dingtastic podcast. Ah. <gasps> uh... Dingtastic. Who is All that? my problems have been solved. Mr. R. Math. So in the words of Mon Recurrent, ding, ding. Beck, how you doing? This fine January 2022. Oh, so well, because we've moved my flat around. Ooh. Yeah, very exciting. So anyone who's been listening for a while might know this. I live in a very, very small one-bedroom flat in London. Correct. And I work from, I mean, I know everyone works from home these days, but... I, you particularly work from home. I particularly work from home and I work in the kitchen. But it's, you know, I'm a crafty person. You say you work in the kitchen. You've got a full setup. You've got an office in the kitchen. It's yeah. not a big kitchen either. 
Which means that if I'm making flip charts... It's almost like a galley kitchen. Like it's yeah. a long kitchen. Yeah. Not a lot of space. No. But that also was the only office. space that we yeah. had because a little one-bedroom flat. And I managed to um, convince my lovely husband to let us combine the lounge and our bedroom. You collapse down the two other rooms. Yeah. Which in, is an ideal. To one room. I've been referring to it as the blounge room. I don't know if that's going to catch I on. like a blounge room. <laughs> yeah. It sounds like somewhere you have desserts. It does. Shall we uh, retire to the blounge room? Oh, yes, please. I've got a bit of a sweet tooth. Blounge anyone? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you just walk in in like a little tuxedo, little butler. <laughs> exactly. Blounge ma'am. But wobbling. <laughs> <laughs> so we've done that and now we have you a very big bedroom. You put the bed in the lounge room is what you're saying. Yeah. And then in our bedroom, we've got our, the built-in wardrobe. Like I say built-in wardrobe. It's not like a big wardrobe. It's just but it's, connected to the wall. But yeah, it's attached. So now we have a walk-in wardrobe slash my office. So, oh, so the kitchen's all kitchen. Kitchen's all kitchen. Wow. And then the bedroom now has a fold-out couch bed in there. So if we have any visitors, ah, got it. Right, they okay. have a spare room. So you've got a combination spare room, mm-hmm. office, walk-in wardrobe. Yeah. Oh, and now we've moved a, the narrow bookshelf from the lounge into the bedroom. Yep. I've put my human head on there. I thought we have to unpack <laughs> why you were able to unpack your human head. Yeah. You've got a replica of your head. Yes. Yeah. A perfect, like really pr- proper prosthetic head. I would head describe the amount of lifelike as disturbing. Gav doesn't like the fact that it's there, but I was like, this is my room now. <laughs> you but, put what you want in the blouse. I mean, it is your head, but it's also technically the head of younger Beck. Yeah. Yeah, it is. I've, and I've still got like my old black bob haircut. And stuff, but she's happy. Okay. Well, she's not and actually. She's got eyes closed. She's uh, out on the shelf. Out on the shelf. Are we going to share a photo of this on the socials? So yes. People yes. Don't why have to not? Imagine your. Yeah. No. I'll take some photos. I'll put it on uh, a problem squared Twitter and and Instagram. Brilliant. Mm. With no context. Absolutely no context. Brilliant. We'll just post. Listen them. to the podcast, people. Otherwise, no comment. It's bewildering social media. Yeah. Although yeah. speaking of optimal use of your apartment, you're yes. not in the cupboard. I'm with you. Yes. Yes. We're in the office again. Isn't this exciting? Because we haven't talked until this moment. I've been silent since. You came down. You're mute. Came down. We're like, save it for the podcast. We didn't have. To be fair, we did have we a few do conversations. Actually, we genuinely do like, that, by the way. Don't tell me. Don't tell we'll me. We'll be like, oh. And then we're like, oh, I'll, 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 we'll catch up about that in the podcast. But today, I at the time of recording, I am 14,998 days old. Ooh. Which means in two days. I'm going to have oh. my 15,000th day birthday. Why didn't you invite me? Just a little quiet, intimate affair. Oh. Just me. Even like Lucy's like, dragging. you're on your own, buddy. Um, yeah, 15,000 days. It feels like only you get to celebrate it because you're the only person who can be bothered doing that. Doing the, the, you and Henry Baker. The arithmetic, the yeah. The world. So he's got his tour about being 10,000 days, mm. which he's toured for several years. So that's <laughs> achingly out of date. I did celebrate my 10,000 day birthday. I did very quickly, Beck, check how old you are in days. Oh, thank you. Have I got your birth birth. date? You do, creepily. Is that where all my money went? (laughs) Exactly. And this is your mother's maiden name. Yeah. Last three digits. And so (laughs) you you are, as we speak, 12,855 days old. Oh. What did you do for your 10,000th day birthday? I think I had a cake. I feel like that was a cake-based one. And I don't have plans. Well, we're recording this on a Friday. So my 15,000 days will be on the Sunday. So day off from work. I have, we haven't got plans yet, but we'll do something, something to mark 
15,000 days. I mark a lot of weird occasions, though. So <laughs> speaking of that, a date we can all look forward to. You'll be listening to this on or after the very end of January 2020. Yeah. Hopefully before the 22nd of February. Because the 22nd of February, 22, the date is 22222. Two, two, and it's a Tuesday. So Tuesday, Tuesday, oh. on the 22nd of February, 2022, is gonna be. It's gonna it's go on a off. Tuesday. It's gonna be That's too amazing. good. Yeah, so what are you I'm gonna very, do? I'm gonna. Oh well, I'm planning. What are you gonna do? A video. I'm, uh, of course you are. Because I'm. I'm trying to get a bunch of YouTubers to all join in on a ridiculous collaboration Tuesday Tuesday video. Oh my goodness. To be to be confirmed. Including that's, that's me, I'm, I'm a really well-known YouTuber. Oh, definitely. Did you not get the invite? Apparently your Christmas, Christmas tree, tree has more views than more me. More views than you. <laughs> so there you are, everyone. Make sure you celebrate Tuesday, Tuesday, once a century. And it may not even be a Tuesday next time. Our first problem is from Chris, who went to the problem posing page at a problemsquared.com to say, I love the podcast and it's been keeping me sane whilst I've been going through radiotherapy for a brain tumor. Wow. Now officially uh, medicinal. Yeah. <laughs> this podcast. I've now finished, we can find, we, we can joke because I've now finished my therapy and received a mesh mask of my face slash head that was needed to hold my head still throughout my radiotherapy sessions. What should I do with the mask? There's a problem. They then add in, uh, my wife is an artist, and I thought about asking her to paint it like a popular arachnid-based superhero. But I think there could be a more creative answer out there. And then there's no ending punctuation. That's just the end of the problem. Beck. What, what arachnid-based superhero are they thinking of? I mean, there are several. There's um Black Widow. That's a... Oh, yeah, that's true. That's a spider. Uh, the tick. Ticks are arachnids. Yep. Huh. So the tick, the superhero. Superhero, the yep. tick. Yeah. Uh, um, Scorpion. Or oh, Scorpion what, from King? Mortal Kombat? Yeah. Or? yeah, sure. Why not? Yeah, why not? Um, why did you say several, Matt? We just solved it. <laughs> <laughs> so, Beck, how are you going to help out poor Chris, who's now got a mesh mask of their face and head? Well, uh, as, as you now know, I have a human head of myself. You are weirdly qualified. Well, I, I took on this problem because I felt like I, I was in a position to be able to help. But I should say I wasn't aware of this, that when you're having radiotherapy, you need this mask to sort of stop you from moving around. But it makes sense. It's a big mask too, just. Yeah, it's a bit like if you, if you were to lie down and lie a towel over your face. Yes. It just looks a bit like what shape that towel would be, except if it's If the towel a mesh. then froze in place. Yeah. It's not like a masquerade mask or even like a face mask. It's a full head and shoulders. Yeah, but not the back. Not the back. And it's actually, it's interesting you say that because I did a little research into masks in general. Oh. And in art, if it does encompass the, the full head, like the back of it as well, yep. then that is called a head. Oh. But if it doesn't enclose the back, then it's a mask. At the BAFTA award, that's a mask. That's a mask. But if you see the bust of someone, like the that's, Oscar, that's a head. That's a head. Well, the, an Oscar is a whole person. Yeah, but including the head. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't think of any other award which is just a head. Yeah. Well, I think that might be a bit off-putting. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's a prize. It's your own head. 
You awarded that to yourself. <laughs> I did, yeah. Uh, it's made of this thermoplastic. You can put it in some warm water, well, hot water. It goes soft and then they pull it out. Then they lie it over. Like a hot towel. It's exact. Plastic. That's how they describe it as well. So oh. it's described as they say, you know, it can feel a bit hot, but it is like just if you're having a facial, one of them genuinely says it's like having a facial, just lying this hot towel over and it cools down very quickly. Yep. And then goes rigid. Um, some of them are made of different material. Like there's one that's done of perspex, but it seems to be most commonly this this mesh one. I don't know specifically what Chris's one looks like, right? But the ones that I saw are perforated, so they look a bit like you know the per- perforated waste paper baskets. And you get to keep it afterwards. And doing things with them afterwards is really common. It's incredible. And again, we'll pop some pictures up on socials, but lots of people like to paint them. All sorts of uh, arachnid <laughs> superheroes. Superhero. And actually, just for the record, the, the purpose of this mask is not just a gift to take home afterwards. It's no. to hold you still. Yeah. In fact, another term for it is an immobilization mask. Whoa. Mm-hmm. So it keeps you lined up because you want to make sure the radiotherapy is... Hitting the right spot. Hitting exactly the right spot. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And a lot of people have different ways of, of tackling it. There's some people that really like having it. It is almost like having an award. They've yeah. gone through this They've thing. They've gone through this experience. This they owned what it. They, they got keep. the thing. Yeah. yeah. In fact, there's art competitions. It's a great idea. Where people yeah. do stuff. A lot of artists have incorporated them into their work. And then there's other people who, you know, go, I don't ever want to see that again. I've, <laughs> you know. So um, it sounds like it's a really personal thing. Mm. It would really come down to how Chris relates to this mask and the feelings that they have towards it. Right. I just mean, all the things that occurred to me, I was like, I don't think I'd actually do that if it was my mask from having gone through that experience. Yeah. So I can only tell you what I hypothesize that I would gotcha. do with it. Or if you were to give me one that someone oh, didn't want. just a blank want, one. Yeah. yeah. No attachment. No attachment. What I would do what with it. What are you going to do? Yeah. So I've, I've written a list. <laughs> oh, really? Oh, wow. Yeah. Oh, you have literally written. Uh, I've already mentioned that it's a bit like a waste paper basket. So that's number one. Number one. <laughs> yeah. Get Interesting them bin. Yeah. It's got a wider entry. So if you're chucking paper into it, it's more likely to get in, but it will fill up very quickly. That's great. Like a lot of times I'm writing, it's things from my brain. And if I get rid of it, I can throw them back, back where they came from. Like <laughs> try again. Back in the head. <laughs> back in the head. Yeah. <laughs> Funny you should mention it because it looks a little bit like a net. Could be a bit of a back of the net situation. Back of the net. So uh, you could make a, a novelty basketball hoop Sport for small thing. balls. Gotcha. Lacrosse uses a, uh, a sort of net, like a loose net. Yeah, a loose the, net on a stick. Yeah, but you know how there's those plastic ones for kids where it's oh. just a handheld thing. Oh, what's it called? Yeah, there's a name. You catch the ball in that and we then We were all forced it. to play it at primary school in Australia. Mm. You like sling the ball. Yeah. You know, at, out of this. At dangerous speed. Yeah, you do. <laughs> at one kid in goal. <laughs> So I, I, you could also turn it into one of those. The ball will probably bounce at weird angles. but So there's some options there. Fruit bowl. Fruit bowl. Yeah. I like it. I've suggested you could maybe use it for fencing. Not making a fence out of it. Yeah, no, no. Like, like with as the a swords. mask for the sport of fencing. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm not sure if the perforations are too big and the yeah. sword could just it, still it go in the eye. It would be very form-fitting. Yeah, it exactly. It might re- reduce your mobility, though, because it's going to lock the shoulder your shoulders one. in place. Not all yeah. of them are shoulders. Oh, okay. Thanks, so, though. Sometimes they're cut. They've been cut down. They've been cut. Uh, 
And what I should say, being a thermoplastic means that you can reheat it and remold it. So, Chris, oh. you don't have to keep it in that shape if you don't want. I mean, I think the novelty of it is that it is, is in the shape yeah, of your yeah, face. Yeah. But if, if you did want to, you know, use it for anything else, pop it in a hot bath. Very hot bath. Maybe ice sculpture. Yeah, that could work. Oh, can you try that, please, Chris? That's a real one I actually wanted to try now. <laughs> We've accidentally come up with a genuine suggestion. Yeah, line it with cling film or, cling film or plastic, you know. This is really specific, but you could recreate that bit from around the twist. An Australian kids show that did make it to the UK, actually. Yeah. But uh, the youngest kid in the show, Bronson, he kissed, is the Ice Maiden. It's based on the story of the Ice Maiden. And there's an ice sculptor of a girl and he falls in love with it. And oh, he yes. kisses it and his lips get stuck to it. Yeah. There you go. You can do that, Chris. <laughs> I feel like we're overlooking just jelly, like a massive oh, yeah. dessert jelly. Yes. Jello. Serve it in the lounge room. <laughs> <laughs> That's what they serve in the lounge room. <laughs> yeah. I one thing I I would properly do with mine, I reckon, I write horror, you know, for kids. Yep. So I would paper mache it with white paper. Yep. And then maybe put a little bit of plaster over it. I'd connect it to the wall and then paint it to match the oh, wall. Like so a it looked bust like there the was wall. a not a bust, but like just the face. Oh, coming like out of the pushing wall. their face. Oh, you know that creep? Yep, 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 yeah, yep. yeah. Oh, that's so nice. So it's like maybe you could try and do some of your hands as well. Some kind of a ghoul is trapped in the wall. A planter? We've done this with your bicycle helmet. Oh, yeah. Thing, but you could use it as a planter because then you've got drainage for your yep. flowers yeah. and stuff. And got the mulch in there. Oh, I had two others, which was you could position a light bulb behind it and have an interesting Love light it. fixture. Yep. Which would be really cool. Combine that with building it into the wall. That'd be great. Uh, Chris was talking about painting the mask, mm -hmm. but actually I was thinking it could also help you paint your actual face. So if Chris puts the mask on yeah. and then paints through the holes, oh, Chris can do the Roy Lichtenstein Oh, do the dot effect. Yeah, yeah, the makeup. I thought you were going to say this way you can do your makeup on the inside of the mask where you can see it clearly. And then they just <laughs> pop it out like a stamp. <laughs> Boom. Uh, then you're wearing your makeup. Why hasn't anyone invented that yet? There you go. Oh, there you go. Well, there's another use. You could put uh, serums and stuff in there, have an actual face mask. Actual face mask. Loads of stuff. But I do feel like, uh, if Chris, if you're not sure what to do with it and your wife is an artist, ultimately I feel like it's slightly offensive that you've gone to a it's podcast. Probably, probably, yeah. <laughs> I know that if my husband wanted to do something with him and he asked a podcast what to do with it instead of instead coming of you, to me, I'd <laughs> be slightly offended. I think he secretly wants to put jelly in it and he, yeah. just needed, he knew we'd give him permission to do that. Yeah. So there, that's that's there uh, our Chris, solutions for it. That's great. And thank you, Chris, as well. for Well, first of all, well done. Yes. Yeah, congratulations for, for going through all that. And thank you for enlightening us about I did not know about those masks. The processes, yeah. yeah. Spider-Man. That's the other one. Oh. <laughs> All right. Problem number two. This is for you, Matt. It's yep. from Daniel. Good old Daniel. Who says, what UK postcode has the highest Scrabble value? Does this change if you include the actual digits in the postcode? I do love the range of problemness of the problems we get sent in. Like yeah. This is clearly a thought experiment. Don't get me wrong. Some of my favorite problems are thought experiments. Yeah. What and I love about this is Daniel sent this on the 1st of January. Yeah. 
I made a note of that. <laughs> so he's just lying there on the hungover on the first of Jan, going, "Wait, what if you could? What if postcodes were legitimate Scrabble words?" I'm gonna bet Daniel was playing Scrabble with some friends and tried to play tried a postcode. Tried to play a postcode, yes. And they're like, "You can't do that." He's like, "That's your problem." So, well, we should also clarify. For listeners in other countries, oh yes, yeah, UK postcodes are particularly unusual. Mm. So you and I, growing up in Australia, are used to four-digit postcodes. Yeah, which is a bit low resolution. Yes, if you will. Yeah. So I looked up the postcode from the suburb where I was born in Australia, mm-hmm. or at least where I grew up in Duncraig, and the postcode there six zero two three. The most recent data I can get from 2011, there are 5,646 different dwellings in that postcode. Wow. So if you were to address something just to 6023, you've got over 5,500 possible houses it could be going to. Yeah. My postcode here in the UK, 32 houses. Yeah, quite the difference. Not even the whole street. Yeah. It's just a bit. If you live in the UK and you put in your postcode... It'll bring up a, like a drop-down menu. Yeah, of all the ones there. And you can just pick yeah. your house. <laughs> exactly. I'm pretty sure the building we're in right now has its own postcode, which is just insane for those of us from other countries that use yeah, a handful of digits. There's a few places where you just have to put the postcode on and you know the thing will get delivered. I know that a friend of mine in Limerick, someone put his nickname on a letter and it, and it got delivered to him. Wow. It was just his nickname and then Limerick. Oh, really? That was it? it to him. Yeah. So good. I got something to Lucy by uh, writing her name and then drawing a diagram of where her house was. Gr- oh, wow. And it got to her. <gasps> I was so pleased. What, without an address? No, no address. Like, like the town and right. then a drawing of the house. Like, the, like a, a, a map of this house with an arrow. I wonder, does that, Do any postal workers listen to this? I'm interested to know whether that was that made someone's day because it's like a treasure hunt and they had yeah, something yeah. to do. Actually, I got, have it here. I know I've gone off mic across the room. This was returned to me recently. This is a, a copy of my book. All right, so. I posted. Matt's just come back with a parcel from the other side of the room. Yep, that I posted in the US to someone else in the US. So mm-hmm. I was in the States. I posted it to someone. Turns out they changed office since they gave me the address to send the book to them. And you have to put your return address. So I just wrote Matt Parker, Stand Up Maths. And then not even the right postcode. This is actually (laughs) a discontinued postcode that used to be for this building. Because I'd only just changed offices. So I looked up and I got the wrong postcode. This arrived here. Wow. So my name and the wrong postcode still got to me in this building. And also your handwriting for Stand Up Maths there is not It's not good. It's not legible. No. That's incredible. Oh, this was an afterthought. I was like, well, what's the point of putting a, my UK return address yeah. on a book I'm posting within from, this was going from San Francisco to LA. And I was like, well, it's not going to need to go via London. And it showed up here. That's amazing. Incredible. This idea doesn't work in the US. They have five digit zip yeah. codes, postcodes. They did try why to bring in. Why are they called in, zip codes? I don't know why they're called zip codes. That's a good question. So <laughs> Lawrence just looked up and zip is partly an acronym mm. for zone improvement plan plan, and partly marketing because if you use a zip code, your post will zip its way 
super fast to where it has to go. If it's connected with the address, apparently. That's and you've got the rest of the address. Because there's only five digits, which means there's a maximum of 100,000 possible zip codes. Mm-hmm. And the US has a population of just over 329 million people, mm-hmm. which means on average 3,295 people have to share a zip. Oh, yeah. In Australia, it's roughly two and a half thousand people per postcode. Smaller Wait. population, smaller set of postcodes because we have oh, four gotcha. digits. Yeah, yeah, there'll be fewer fewer per postcode. Yeah, ha- houses. The area average area per postcode in Australia is seven hundred and sixty nine square kilometers. Wow! So they're not very. They, here it's like street. Here it's down to the street. Mm. Yeah, they do. In the US, they tried to bring in Zip Plus Four which was the standard five and then an extra four to get you like down. Oh my goodness. Much more specific. But I believe it didn't take off because the fiercely independent aspect of the US culture didn't like the idea of the government assigning numbers to citizens. Although the US Postal Service does use zip plus six behind the scenes. So there are actually 11 digit codes for pretty much every building. But people never interact with them. Yeah. It's like phone numbers where humans need to better remember and use them. We have them to make an automated system more efficient. Yeah. So different countries have different approaches to postcode. The UK has a particularly unusual one, which is a mix of letters and digits. Yes. So you have one or two letters at the beginning, one or two digits. After those letters, the second digit is sometimes a letter. Sometimes, yeah. Sometimes. You've then got a space. Mm-hmm. Then you've got one digit and then two letters. Yes. And that's the system. I ran through all the possible combinations. There's just over 1.7 billion possible postcodes in the UK following Oof. that format. A lot of them aren't used because those first letters tell you what postal region you're in yeah so they probably won't get mixed around as often exactly so where we're sitting right now our postcode will start gu Mm -hmm. we're actually in gu7 which means we're in the seventh guildford postal region if you were to relax those requirements everything in terms of all the requirements in the uk postcodes they just have to look like a postcode there's almost three trillion possible codes that's obviously a lot more than the population yeah. You would actually get tens of thousands of postcodes per person. Yeah, right. In terms of area, you're well below a meter. So yeah. technically the UK postcode system could be used, like you could have a postcode for your cupboard. So like, so when you oh, order online so shopping, yeah, you, you could you could put the postcode of where it has to end up in the house. Yeah. Which I think would be amazing. Thankfully, I was able to find a fantastic website. I was on Dougal. D-O-O-G-A-L dot co dot UK slash UK postcodes dot PHP. And I was able to download as a CSV file all 2.656001 million UK big spreadsheet. It's a big old spreadsheet. It's too big to be opened in Excel. Right. So you can only interact with this file using like software or something a bit more clever. So I wrote some Python code to search through. I also wrote some Python code to assign the Scrabble values for the letters to every UK postcode. Oh, wow. Now, the second half of Daniel's problem was if you use the digits. 
So if you just use the letters, ignore the digits, mm. there are four postcodes in the UK. They're all very similar, which give you 35 points. So I've picked of the four, my favorite is WC1X9QZ. Okay. Which is in London. It's kind of halfway between King's Cross and Angel stations. Oh. Along just south of the road that joins those two stations together. Yeah. And you're getting good points because in Scrabble, a W is going to give you four points. C is giving you three points. X, I mean, I wish X was 10, but it's eight. That'd be very pleasing if X was 10. But then again, C should be 100. Anyway, uh, Q, Z. And Q and Z are both 10 points each. Yeah. So the fact that you can combine those. And in fact, all those top postcodes are all variations on that theme. They're all like WC1X8QQ or WC, actually WC1X8QQ uh, was retired in 1984. It's no longer an active postcode. Postcodes Aww. come, postcodes go. Why do they retire? Don't know. If you want to play a Scrabble hand that's based on a postcode and you just ignore the digits, WC1X9QZ. Mm. I have, if there's a tie in points, as the winner, quote unquote winner, pick the one with more distinct letters. Mm-hmm. So instead of one of the QQs or ZZs, I've gone for a QZ. Yeah, I think nice. it's, it's just nicer to, yeah. to mix it up. But then you got to work out, hang on, because Daniel wants to include the digits. How would you play digits in Scrabble? Mm. And they just said, does this change if you include the actual digits? But the problem here is you could just add on every digit. But if you've got 99, is that 99? Or if you're like GU17 or 18, do you you add on the two-digit number? Yeah. Or do you add on all the single-digit numbers? So I did it both ways. If you... (laughs) Of course you have. Of course I have. Why not? I was, I was writing the code. It's easy enough to do. And so if you add on all the digits individually, as you would imagine, nines are good. So there's two postcodes that tie for 50 points in Scrabble. There's BN998ZZ. Pretty good postcode. It's almost Z Brooklyn Nine-Nine. It's pretty much Brooklyn Nine-Nine. <laughs> it's BN99. Because Zs are giving you 10 points each in Scrabble, which is mm-hmm. pretty good. A B is giving you three points, and N will give you one point. Uh, you can also have EX399ZZ, Exmouth. And actually, that one, I looked it up. It's just near Westwood Ho ah. uh, in North Devon. There you are. Spelt with an exclamation mark. Oh, yeah. Know. Yeah, that's right. It's like the only place that's actually... It's like legitimately part of it. With an exclamation mark. If you want to be excited about it, you've got to put a double exclamation mark on the end of it. Yes, yeah. Just to emphasize you're serious. You're not just saying the name. If you combine the digits, then Brooklyn Nine-Nine wins. BN998ZZ, the other one. If you count the 99 as 99, it, it blows every other postcode out of the water. 131 points. It's between Bognor, Regis, and Brighton on the south coast. Ah, the BN, it's a Brighton. Um, yeah. My mate Steph grew up in Bognor oh, There you go. I remember that because that was a funny name. It is a very funny name. Imagine before royalty visited, it was just Bognor. <laughs> I wonder they added Regis when they That's had the That's what chance. I would, if I had a pet pig. <laughs> Bognor the pig. Yeah, it'd be way cute. Oh, Bognor. And then finally, this was your suggestion, 
of using leech speak yeah. to actually get... I assumed that's what they meant. Yeah. <laughs> it's funny you say that because I was interested to know if there's any British postcodes that say something quite funny. Yes, in if you were. Yeah. <laughs> so I asked on Twitter and actually we retweeted it from the Problem Squared account as well. Yep. And we got some People very responded. Fun, very funny answers. Yep. Not necessarily family friendly. No, uh, even though they're just postcodes. No, but they are funny. We're still not going to share them. So if you want to see them, <laughs> yeah. yeah, go on to Twitter. Yeah. And uh, and check out that or add your own. I should also say anyone listening who isn't aware of Leet Speak, it was that late 90s, early to probably, yeah, it's probably nineties, noughties, yeah, where you would write stuff, but you would use numbers within it's the- It's like a hacker. Yeah. Woot with- Woot, In Leet yeah. Speak, it's with double zeros. And Leet is spelt with two threes. Yeah, instead of E's. So what we're going to do is in Leet Speak, if you want to write Woot- Instead of putting O's, you'd put zeros. Mm -hmm. What I'm going to do is if there's a postcode that should have a zero, I'm going to use an O. Because you don't get numbers in Scrabble, we can yep. play the letters instead. Using the standard leet substitutions, I swapped them into characters and then swapped them into the points you'd get for playing them in Scrabble. And two postcodes tie, very similar, both on 55 points, EH22, 2QQ. That's Edinburgh. Because two becomes Zed's. Yes, so it's Edinburgh. I used to live in Edinburgh. And EH222QZ. So I went with QZ because there's more distinct characters. Yeah. And so I looked it up. It's Roman Street in Delkeith, Scotland. And if you were to go to visit it from where we did our show in 2019. Yeah. Seven and a half miles. It's a two and a half hour walk. Oh. If we wanted to pop out. Well, we like walking. We do like walking. We could go visit the postcode in the UK, Ooh. which would give you the highest score in Scrabble. And if you're listening to this and you live on Roman Street. Oh, my goodness. If you're an EH22. You've won a thing. I don't know what it is, but you've won something. Well, I would love to post them something because let me write the postcode on it. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Send you a postcard with a <gasps> postcode. Amazing. And the only other option would be to actually spell out the numbers. In oh, yeah. characters, but you only have seven tiles at your disposal. And so I ruled out anything which you couldn't play in a single hand. Right, of course. Uh, in Scrabble. So for these, you would be using all either all seven when mm -hmm. you start the game, or you'd have to use six of your tiles and then run it off another Someone one else's. on the board. Yep. yep. And I've not factored in like multiple word or letter scores. This yeah. is just the straight up value. There you are. Dale Keith in Scotland. Yeah, oh, well done. Highest Scrabble score for all postcodes in the UK. I'll give that a D1NG. I'll give it a Dow King. <laughs> Finally, it is time for any other AOB business. Beck, what do we got? Woot. Woot. <laughs> A0B. <laughs> the old 408. Old 408. <laughs> Uh, we got some feedback from two people about Sleepy's some problem. Help in the help advice. Yes, yeah, which I thought this was great. Uh, one said, I wanted to humbly suggest an alternate solution to Sleepy's problem. If they aren't satisfied with sticking to their current schedule, they should have a kid. Nice. <laughs> and they didn't give us a name, but they said, grad student with two adorable, reliable alarm clocks, one who screams at me and one who climbs on me. For the record, they typed all of that into the what is your name field. Yes. On the problem posing page. Yeah, messed up our solution spreadsheet. edition. Yeah. 
<laughs> and we also had one from Worst Word Monger who said that they often have to flip to an extreme sleep schedule oh, with night, night shifts. Oh, night day and day to night, yeah. And they said this works for them. Uh, I haven't tried it yet, but, you know, it's uh, it's worth having a look into it. They basically said that most of us sleep in monophasic sleep, uh, which is where you do one, one big, big sleep old and sleep. that's it. But there is a biphasic sleep pattern, which some people oh, do. Yep, the double sleep. That's what this person does. So what they do is they split up their sleep and have basically like a couple of four-hour naps. Oh, okay. So an example they give is they say, if you're falling asleep at 3 a.m., yeah. but you want to be falling asleep at 10 a.m. Sounds more reasonable. You sleep from 3 till 7. I say when you're naturally falling asleep, you do four hours then. Yep. And then you Get and then up. you wake up after four hours. Whoa. And then you take a nap, like in the middle of your day. So they say from, you know, say from noon till oh, four. Oh, just so you're not super tired, right? Yep. And then they go to sleep at 10. Oh, okay. So instead of moving when you're falling asleep, you go to your normal falling asleep point, mm. do half asleep. Yeah. Fully asleep for half the time. Yeah. Then nap is required and then hit the new time running and see how long you can sleep for. Yeah. Wow. And they said it, uh, it has worked for readjusting their body clock for years now. Good on them. Mm. I, I mean, I don't know. Don't know. That's a hey, good option. Great but endorsement. It's interesting. We also got a ding. Yay. From Lois. And oh. How far can you see? problem which we're yep. not reopening no <laughs> we've solved that it's closed they say that they are dinging the pyrenees to alps answer which seems impressively long compared to the others and longer than i imagined was possible thank you lois we will take that as a big old ding yay the longest ding we've ever seen <laughs> careful how you say that i <laughs> know <laughs> yeah i was like huh <laughs> And finally, in any other business, tell us the results of the survey, Matt. So we did our annual survey. Thank you yeah. to the 128 people who filled it out. Yeah. And of those 128 people, 127 answered the have you ever seen a penguin question. Oh, wow. And most people have. A mere 8.7% have not. Oh. Everyone else has. However, the vast majority saw it in a zoo. So um, 71%, 90 out of the 127 people have seen a penguin, but they saw it in a zoo. Only 19 people had legitimately seen a penguin. So about 15%. Hmm. So 15%, that still feels pretty high. Yeah. 15% of our listeners have seen a penguin. That's pretty cool. And that's the kind of helpful data which we use to inform and develop the podcast. Or data. Where else is here? Data. 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 Possibly more importantly, we asked people to tell us what their favorite problem we solved was. Oh, and yeah. a lot of people did say, last time I said I'm going to have drop-down menus to make the data coding a bit easier, and I didn't do that. <laughs> so I had to wade through all the responses, categorize them myself, add them all up, and I've got a tie between the two problems from last year that people said was their favorite. It's between... How long would the longest queue of animals from the one species be? And how close can a human voice get to approximating a ding? Oh. So ding versus queue equal equal top. Well, there you go. So if we want to keep our listeners happy. We either have to keep going to places like Antarctica 
or get celebrity guests on. Yep, yep. <laughs> it seems that's the secret. Although third place, unexpected third, I did not see this one coming. How many leaves would a human need? Oh, to fulfill the, our calorific requirements. Yeah, on the uh, photosynthesis, not yeah. like to eat. No, no, no. How many leaves yeah. would you know? Yeah, if you had leaves to photo, photosynthesize, how many? Would you, that was the that was the third place. Didn't see that coming. Wow. It's it, yeah. You do need a drop down because I've got a. I know that you were looking through and everyone described the problems in different oh, ways. Oh, they were all done different. So many. And some yeah. people went and got it from like the show title, oh. like the, the like the punny way we phrase it. Yeah, yeah, And, and yeah. other people described it. We should do people, it that way. Oh, we need a next wiki. time. Remind me. Drop down menus. Finite options. Yeah. It make my life so much easier. We need we need a wiki that just. Explains what all the problems are. Oh, that too. A lot, of people, a lot of people were like, can't remember them. Love love the podcast, but can't remember a yeah. thing. Thanks. We can't blame them. We, okay, don't, we, can't we don't remember them either. I got no idea. In a switch from quantitative to qualitative in the free text box, a lot of people, like their number one bit of feedback was just more episodes. Yeah. We get that a lot, actually, don't we? Yeah. yeah. I mean, one a month is apparently not enough. <laughs> Which is nice. I appreciate being part of that. Yeah. And so we realized that we have a goal on our Patreon mm. to get to Pi 100 supporters, yeah. which is 314. Yeah. And so how about we we try to see if we can do two episodes a month once we're past the Pi 100 barrier. Ooh, I like that. That's exciting. Yeah. Because I only just found out as well that you can set your own amount on patreon too there's a custom amount so if you can't yeah like if you're like oh i can only spare a, like a pound a month you can do that you can scroll down to custom amount and say you're only going to give a pound a month you could type in pie pounds you know yeah, go wild <laughs> we should also flag up we're going to switch it so at the moment it charges per episode we'll change it to be uh, per month so no one's going to get charged any more than they currently are we will put out hopefully an extra episode every month once we get to Pi 100, but no one will be charged more frequently. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that is a good point. And we're not far away, are we? I think from getting, from no. reaching 314. We're hoping people will be so excited with the extra episodes, the increased value. There will be a, a flood of people signing up. Oh, yeah. Well, I, I think we should do more things as well. We should introduce like more rewards for the tiers down the road perks. and perks. Yeah. Do some live shows that. as well. We wouldn't, I wouldn't whoa, limit the live whoa. shows to, to Patreons, though, I think. <laughs> That'd be a very quiet live show. <laughs> so anyway, yes, get involved. We hit by 100, more episodes. Yeah. Twice as, twice as many. That's an increase of 100%. Yeah, that's it. Uh, but, but also everyone who can't afford it and, you know, just tells other people to, to listen to us, they will also get to enjoy that as well, won't they? Absolutely. Yeah. Finally, thank you to all our fantastic Patreon supporters. You literally make this podcast possible. And as always, we've picked three names at random from our supporters. I'd like to thank Bejomi, B-E-J-O-M-I. Or could be Biomi. Maybe. It's a cool name, whatever cool it name. is. Love I like it. it. All lowercase. Alex Hackman. Good old Alex. And Jonathan Markloff. Thank you all very much for supporting the podcast. Yeah, thank you. This podcast has been a Problem Squared. You've been listening to myself, Matt Parker. Of course, we've got Beck Hill. And our producer is Lauren Armstrong Carter. Armstrong Carter, of course, being in alphabetical order. It's a lot like the alphabet in that regard. (laughs) 
to quote what someone put in the free entry box in our survey for any other comments, is this your card? <laughs> uh, no. Oh. Sorry. I'll let them know. <laughs> <laughs>